Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. Merry Christmas and welcome to Jesus Jams.
Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my mind be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Sunday, December 20. Wow, this year really flew by, didn't it, folks? I'm telling you, it really flew by. And I hope you had a great year, and I hope you're looking forward to a great 2020. But right now, I want to talk to you about holidays. You know, they're a funny thing. All the traditions, all the memories, but what's the significance of the holiday? For the Christian, Christmas is a day of celebration, and we remember and honor the fact that God sent his son into our world as a baby born of a virgin for the express purpose to redeem mankind back from sin. Now, as believers, all right, our celebrations, we have Christmas trees, gifts, parties, lights, decorations, and references to Santa Claus. And it's true focus on the events of Jesus' birth. So, this year, I'm going to be honest, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble. I truly am having trouble getting the Christian spirit. I don't, I call it the Christian spirit. Some people call it the Christmas spirit. I call it the Christmas, Christian spirit. But I'm having trouble. It's already the 20, and it's, you know, it's already the 22nd of December, and you know, I went out, did a little Christmas shopping this morning, made myself feel a little bit better because I was doing something for someone else. I was buying gifts for other people, all right? But I don't know. Maybe it's because of everything I allow into my mind that's going on in the world today. Um, we struggle, I think, as Christians for the real meaning of Christmas. In past, in the past couple of days, I've, I've seen news articles where people arguing, well, you know, Jesus wasn't really born on December 25th. Um, of course, you get the uh, the naysayers that, you know, it's that it's a fairy tale. Uh, and they put all this, all this nonsense, I call it, out there just to uh, kind of shut down the Christian and his holiday spirit. But the true Christian who has um, God in his heart and the fruits of the spirit would not that won't affect them but i'm having i'm actually having trouble this year i'm I'm human and i'm having trouble um with uh with the way i feel so the bottom line is at this point it becomes an exercise um to keep up with the activities and the expectations all right and well you know what let's talk about mary and joseph Let's let's talk about Mary and Joseph, the very very first true Christmas, and that gives us four significant words to consider when we turn our heart towards Christmas. Okay. First word is surrender. And Mary said, "Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word." And the angel departed from her. Luke one verse thirty eight. You see, at the core, Christmas is about Jesus interrupting our world, making an entrance, disturbing our lives, changing our plans. Mary was a young woman. She was probably just a teenager. Uh, She was engaged to be married to Joseph, a simple carpenter. She had hopes. She had dreams. She was preparing for the time when Joseph would have completed their home and the wedding would take place. In the eyes of the Jewish law, they were already married. But with just a few words from an angel, the life she had anticipated with Joseph was altered. And there's no way to know how fully processed or how she processed the news, what it really meant. But her faith in God was unshakable. That's for sure. We know that for certain. 
She didn't have a chance to ask her mother for advice. Her immediate reaction was one of surrender to whatever the future held as a result of this great announcement. Mary chose to surrender not only her physical body to carry the baby, but also her plans, her dreams, her expectations, and her hopes. She willingly, readily agreed, and humbly accepted what God had determined for her life. How many of us, how many of you, would be ready to willingly, readily agree, and humbly accept a task that God has determined for your life. Surrender. Okay? Second word, believe. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Matthew 1, verses 24 through 25. Now, if you're a man and you're engaged to a young woman, what would be your first thought that came to your mind as she told you she was pregnant, knowing that you had never engaged in a physical activity or relationship with her? So, as we know, as we read Joseph's part in the Christmas story, we cannot overlook that he was just an ordinary person like us. In fact, Joseph's first thoughts show us that while he truly did love and care for Mary... And this was not simply an arranged marriage. He still didn't believe her. And he had the legal right to disgrace her and publicly expose what appeared to be a sin of adultery and unfaithfulness to their vows. But because he loves her, he decides to send her away secretly. But here comes God. He interrupts Joseph's plan by sending an angel in a dream and he lets Joseph in on the good news. Mary has not been unfaithful but is telling the truth. The child has indeed been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she is innocent of any wrongdoing. And God tells Joseph he has been chosen to be his son's earthly father. So Joseph must decide if he's going to believe Mary and the angel are telling them the truth, or act on his own intuition, and what the obvious circumstances would lead him to conclude. As we know, Joseph chose to believe God. He set aside his own logic. He dismissed what others would tell him. And he chose faith over his feelings. And like Mary, surrendered his life to God. He believed. That's a strong belief. That's a real strong belief. Surrender and believe. So, the third word. Trust. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Luke 2, verses 4 through 7. Can you imagine... What Mary thought when Joseph came home and said, uh, we're going to Bethlehem. Now, Caesar, the ruler of the Roman world in which they had lived, had declared that everyone had to register for a census. And since Joseph was a descendant of David, as was Mary, they were required to register in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was 90 miles from Nazareth. Now, that's a journey that would take 10 days to walk. And these roads were not like what we have today. It wasn't a Long Island Expressway, and they couldn't take an Uber. The ancient roads wound up and down hills through places where robbers and thieves hung about, uh, wild animals, and 
This would have been a real heck of an expedition for anyone, but for a woman just days away from delivering a baby, it would have been unbearable. Believe me, I know. I took my wife when she was pregnant to Florida. I'm not comparing Linda to Mary, but try riding all those miles, no matter what, with a pregnant woman. It's interesting. All right. So we don't read about Joseph's petitioning the governor for a proxy census form. We don't hear Mary complaining or questioning. They simply choose to trust in God's timing. After all, God would have known when Caesar would issue the decree, and he knew that the babies take about nine months to develop. Now, Mary and Joseph were convinced that God was trustworthy, and he had a plan and a purpose in this difficult journey. Say it again, Eric. God had a plan and purpose in this difficult journey. I'll say it again. God had a plan and a purpose in this difficult journey. How many of you and I and us are going through a difficult journey? And how many of you, I, and us don't realize that God has a plan and he has a purpose? All right. So if they had been reading the Old Testament and the prophecies to prepare themselves to bring up the child, they would remember Micah's words. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathan, I hope I'm saying this right, Ephrathan, it's E-P-H-R-A-T-H-A-H, got to check my spelling on that, but um, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel, Micah 5, verse 2. Joseph and Mary trusted God's timing because they had surrendered their lives to his purpose and they believed in his word. Joseph and Mary trusted God's timing because they had surrendered their lives to his purpose and they believed his word. Do you trust God? Have you surrendered your life to his purpose? Do you believe his word? Joseph and Mary did. My name is Eric Martin Koppelman. You're listening to Jesus Jams. Also in combination with what I like to call the prodigal one. Thanks for listening and I'll be right back. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's
Okay, I'm back. I have to thank uh, Sheila Allawine. Uh, she's a pastor's wife, a mother, and a grandmother, and her and her husband lead the Around the Corner Ministries, and that serves to equip Christ followers to share the gospel where they live, work, and play. She's written several devotionals, including Living in Light of the Manger, Just Pray God's Not Done With You Yet, Grace and Glory, 50 Days in the Purpose and Plan of God, as well as Going Around the Corner, a Bible study for small groups who desire to reach their community for Christ. Uh, She has a passion for God's Word and shares what God is teaching on her blog, The Way of the Word. Uh, Connect with her on her blog, Facebook, and Instagram. And again, her name is Sheila, that's S-H-E-I-L-A, last name, Alawine, A-L-E-W-I-N-E. Check her out. And the reason I bring credit to her today is because it's because of her writing here that is giving me reference to be able to bring this to you. Okay? So, so far we're talking about words. Okay? And we're talking about words... Surrender, we're talking about word believe, and we're talking about the word trust. We're also talking about Mary and Joseph and the very first Christmas. And the bottom line is, it doesn't matter to me what day, it matters that there was a day that Jesus was born. Okay? All right. Let's go on. Next word, obey. Obey. Now, When they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. That's according to Matthew 2, verses 13 through 14. And the events of Matthew 2, they occur about two years after Jesus' birth. 
Mary and Joseph have made their home near Bethlehem uh, after the amazing visit from the Magi. And again, there are people that, oh, the Magi didn't come the same day. I don't care that didn't come the same day. They still came. All right. Like I said, it doesn't matter the day. It matters that it happened. All right. So after the visit from the Magi, they would have hoped to settle back into the simple routines of their life. Just like we want to settle back into the simple routines of our life after Christmas. Enjoying a delightful little boy named Jesus and growing in their love as a family. Unfortunately, things were not that easy. See, Joseph's warned in a dream he's, that Herod is going on the rampage. He's angry that the Magi deceived him and is determined to eliminate any threat of a rival king. So he commands that all male children, two years old and younger, be killed. The angel tells Joseph in no uncertain terms to move quickly and get out of town and go to Egypt. So Joe has a choice. We call him Joe. His friends call him Joe. I'm kidding. Joseph. All right. Joseph has a choice. If you've ever gone on a short vacation with a toddler, you know it's not easy. Trust me. Even if you just go to the supermarket, it's not easy. I know. I have, we, you know, Linda and I have custody of a nine-month-old now. My nine-month-old grandson, Javon. Love that boy. But, oh, boy. Whew. Let me tell you. I'm a little out of practice. Linda's great. I'm out of practice. But, anyway. Okay. So Joseph has a choice. All right. They could have waited till morning. They could have stayed to pack up the house and make some plans on where they're headed. Instead, Joseph obeys immediately. As soon as he wakes up from the dream, he acted. Boom. The light of the news day, they say, found them well on their way down the road towards safety out of Herod's reach. So Joseph and Mary obeyed without hesitation because their lives... Listen to the sentence. Joseph and Mary obeyed without hesitation because their lives were surrendered to God. They believed the words of the angel that was brought from God, and they trusted God's sovereign plan and providence. Four simple words. Surrender, believe, trust, and obey. Surrender, believe, trust, and obey. Surrender, lions and tigers, and you know. Surrender, believe, trust, and obey. Surrender, believe, trust, and obey. You'll never forget that if you do it that way. Okay? Four simple, powerful words teach us how to respond when Jesus interrupts our world. Isn't that, they say, what Christmas is all about? What is God asking you to give up? Is there a part of your life, a place in your heart that you're struggling to surrender? My answer, yes. Absolutely, yes. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me this today. I didn't know what you were going to bring me. I didn't know what I was going to say. But, Lord, you have a way of every single time I sit down to do this show because I say, God, what is it you want me to bring? What is it you want me to say? Don't let it be my words, not my thoughts. What do you want me to say? Bring me something, Lord, please. And bring me something that has meaning in it to me because I know it will have meaning to a lot of other people if it has meaning to me. I know it does. So, again, what is God asking you to give up? Is there a part of your life, a place in your heart that you're struggling to surrender? Absolutely. What promise has God made in his word that you are not believing? Do you truly believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God? Have you placed your faith in him, or are you living by your feelings? What is God asking you to trust him with? Is there a circumstance that you can't control? In my life right now, absolutely. Again, praise God. Thank you. I'll ask you, is there is there a circumstance you can't control in your life? He asks you to do something that seems unbearable, unreasonable? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. I thought about that this morning. I'm saying with the situation, I'm like, it's got to be a reason, Lord. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a message in the mess. 
And what part of his commands are you struggling to obey? Surrender your hopes and expectations. Let go of your plans. Take God at his word. Believe. Trust him to make your path straight. Obey without hesitation because he knows best. Four words. Surrender, believe, trust, and obey. When you understand those four words and the concept behind each one of them, you will know You will absolutely 100% know what it means to truly celebrate Christmas. Santa is fine. Gifts are fine. Family is fine. Turkey, ham, dinner. It's great. It's a beautiful thing. God wants us to love. God wants us to be happy. All right? But we also, how many times have you ever really, truly understood You've heard the Christmas story over and over and over again, I'm sure. But how many times, for any of us, have we truly gotten into it and really understood what it's about? Praise God. Merry Christmas. I'll be right back.
Okay, we're back. Jesus Jams, Prodigal One, here I am. All right, I got a question. Gratitude. We've had some uh, emails, we've had some people that have uh, talked to us and sent us messages about things they are grateful for, of course, coming over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, but I saw something that I wanted to share with you, and it's simply this. If, if you have only five minutes, all right, if you have only five minutes in a day, take, take a look at and take a stock of your gratitude. See, here's how it goes. In the morning, before you start your day, take stock of everything you have to be grateful for. I was in a supermarket the other day, and I just had an overwhelming feeling of gratitude and being blessed. I don't know why. I just, something came over me. You know, Linda was in front of me. We were pushing the baby. You know, we had him in the uh, in the super, supermarket carriage. He was sleeping. Maybe that's why I was grateful, but no, I'm kidding. But, um... I was grateful, and I felt blessed. I'm being attacked, folks. I truly am. I, I'm going to tell you point blank. I'm being attacked doing what I do when I do this show. All right? I'm being attacked big time. Satan does not want me to do this. He doesn't. He does not want me to do this. And the more he doesn't want me to do it, the more I'm going to do it. And he's put everything possible in my path to make sure that this show doesn't get out there. It didn't get out last week. We didn't do a show last week. All right? He drew me away from what I was doing to put me in a totally different direction, only for me to bring myself back. Okay? He's made me physically ill. All right? Physically ill. I won't go into the symptoms and things like that, but trust me. He's really pushing it. Okay? And I'm saying to God, you know, just keep me strong, God, because, I, you know... This is what you want me to do. This is your will, Lord. This is your will that I do this. And I know somewhere along the line, it's going to hit me like a ton of bricks where it's, I'm going to say, okay, now I see why. All right? All right, so we're talking about gratitude. Even if you have five minutes a day, this is what, what I've been trying to do, and I'm going to bring it to you. Okay, in the morning before you start your day, take stock of everything you have to be grateful for. It doesn't have to be a list or, you know, a 20 million thing list. Just a quick rundown. All right. Now, I suffer or suffered from panic attacks and anxiety in the past. Okay. And a lot of people that I know still do. So if you encounter, if you have an anxiety situation, um, you need to stop, clear your mind and think of the abundance of things in your life That'll settle those anxious feelings that you're having. Here's how you do it. Ready? When you wake up in the morning, spend five minutes listing things in your life that you're grateful for. You can write the list or you can just have it. You know, I say write the list. All right. Take take those five minutes. Write the list. All right. Or do it in your head if you have to. All right. If you're, you know, be careful if you're driving. I want to say as you're driving to work or doing your thing, but be careful. Make sure you're paying attention to the road. Okay. Um, it'll, it'll cause good feelings. It really will. All right. Start small. Be thankful for a bed to sleep in, for your blankets, for your pillows, for the sun outside your window. Sometimes I'll do that. Oh, thank God. Thanks for a beautiful day. And then move on to specific and larger things, such as a job that you can go to and a healthy family. All right? And then with your feelings of gratitude in mind, remind yourself that no matter what the day has ahead in store for you, you are always going to have something to be grateful for. 
It's called morning gratitude, and it can help you set a positive tone for the day. Throughout the day, think about how you feel. Does the day seem a little brighter to you? Are you able to recall what you're grateful for when your feelings of anxiety or your stress levels get up there? Knowing this time of year, a lot of people, sure, you have, you know, we call it, you know, the holiday stress program. All right. But if you if you can't, if you're not feeling that peace, there's two things I want you to do. Number one, if you didn't write the list down, write it down and carry it with you. And number two, which we should have done from the beginning, is pray. Talk to God. All right. God's there. He's waiting for you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you. You don't have to tell him. You don't have to tell him your problems. He knows them already. I believe that. He knows what's going on in my life. He knows what's going on in your life. So you don't have to sit there and say, oh, Lord, I have a, my car needs this, and oh, I have no this, and I don't have that, and I need this. No, listen, that's not what I'm talking about. How about this? Good morning, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for my wife, even though I drive her crazy. Thank you for my son even though I drive him crazy. Thank you for my job, even though I drive them crazy. Get it? You know what I'm saying? Thank you for a car that starts in the morning. Thank you for the fact that even though it's snowing outside, that I am able to get somewhere safely. Thank you for showing me what it means to be productive and busy and safe Thank you for allowing me to have the finances that we need within our family to be able to survive comfortably. You get what I'm saying here? What are you grateful for? Tell God. Tell God what you're grateful for. Let him know that you appreciate it. You know, you just might be, you might get some, maybe he'll give you a boost. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? All right, gratitude. My name is Eric Martin Koppelman. And this is Jesus Jams, Prodigal One. I'll be right back.
All right, I'm back. I want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas, all right? I really hope that this Christmas season brings you peace, love, and joy. I really do. So I want to thank you for a great year. We'll talk more when we do. We're doing a New Year's show. This is the what I like to call the Christmas show that I'm going to be uh, publishing or putting out there. And uh, I'm grateful for all of you. But I want to leave you with this, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I want you to think about this. As we start the new year, the Bible tells us that there can be hope for the future. First, there's a hope of a changed person. No matter how hard we try, we are incapable of ridding ourselves of of the selfishness and greed that cause conflict and strife and war in our world. Our only hope is a changed heart, and Jesus is in the business of changing hearts. All right, second, there is hope of a changed world when we know Christ. He gives us, by his Spirit, a new love and a new concern for others. When we can no longer be indifferent to their sufferings and we want to do something about them, changed by Christ, we can begin to change our world. Do you get it? All right? When we become indifferent, when we care. Third, there is hope of an unchanging eternity in heaven. This world is not all there is. Someday, all of its pain, all of its heartache will come to an end for those who know Christ. And that's in the word. Revelation 21, verse 4. Evil and death will be abolished, and we are going to be safely in the presence of God forever. So as you read the headlines or look at your own life, you may be wondering, is there any hope? Well, the Bible says the answer. Yes. Thank you, Father, for the fresh hope that a new year brings. Because of Christ, we can experience new birth within ourselves, encourage those hurting around us, and eagerly anticipate the heavenly joys that are to come. God bless you. And thank you for listening. And really, seriously, make it a merry, merry Christmas. Remember... All right, let me let me just do this here, okay? Instead of it being a M-E-R-R-Y Christmas, I want it to be an M-A-R-Y. Think about Mary and Joseph. Think about the four words that we discussed, all right? When you do, and you really get into it, you'll understand, and you'll be able to push aside all of the commercialism. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we are entitled to live our lives. All right, there's nothing wrong with watching the smile on a child's face when he sits on Santa Claus's lap. There's nothing wrong with seeing your wife's happiness when you spend a little bit of time to pick out that perfect Christmas gift for her or for him or whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with that sitting down at a table with family and enjoying a good meal. There's nothing wrong with that. But we as Christians have to maintain in our mind what this is truly all about and what Mary and Joseph went through and what the whole Christmas story, let it bring new meaning to your mind and to your heart because there's a lot more to it. All right? There's a lot more to it. So this is the start. Our Savior is born. God's only Son come to earth in the, as a man to be able to redeem the sin for us, for mankind. Peace to you. Have a great holiday. 
Much love. My name is Eric Brendan Koppelman. This is Jesus Jams, the prodigal one. And uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Silent